1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
0: On this episode, the secret diary of Admiral Richard Byrd and his remarkable journey into our hollow earth
2: in this diary claimed that his plane was forced basically to land outside of the city underground. After they landed, the UFOs landed nearby and him and his pilot were taken on board and then were flown into the city where they had a meeting with the leader of the Hollow Earth Civilization.
0: Did you know you can now stream episodes of this podcast on your mobile device? All you need is my new Conspiracy Unlimited App, It's absolutely free and it's available for both iOS and Android devices. If you're a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member, pay attention. You can now stream premium content from your mobile device. My free Conspiracy Unlimited app for iOS and Android. Available from the App Store and Google Play. Get yours today and start streaming Conspiracy Unlimited on your mobile device.
1: Richard Serrett.
0: Would you care to journey to the center of the earth? Well, that's where we're headed over the next 40 minutes. Tim Swartz is standing by, an Emmy Award winning television producer. And he's going to talk about the strange and mysterious expedition of Admiral Richard Byrd, who traveled to the Antarctica and returned with a very bizarre tale of traveling into an opening near the South Pole, but led to an inner hollow Earth inhabited by all sorts of strange creatures and advanced beings. Interesting theory that our world is actually hollow and it's inhabited by an advanced race of uh, beings. My my next guest uh, has also been intrigued by this idea for some time. Tim Swartz is an Emmy Award winning producer and uh, the author of... Uh, a book about Admiral Byrd's secret journey beyond the Poles. He's a contributing writer uh, for the books of Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, the first Ghostbuster, uh, Brad Steiger's Real Monsters, Gruesome Critters and Beasts from the Dark Side, and Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits and Haunted Places. Tim Swartz, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited.
2: Well, thank you very much, Richard. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight. Hollow Earth is uh, one of um, my favorite
0: topics, you know, that and time travel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a few years ago, I did, I did an episode on my television program on the, uh, the Hollow Earth. If memory serves, the member of the Royal Society of Astronomers, uh, Haley, of Haley's Comet fame, actually theorized that all sort of heavenly bodies, all planets, are formed as hollow spheres. Do I have that correct?
2: Uh, yes, the way that Haley pictured it was that there were almost like uh, you know like the Russian nesting dolls right that there were a series of spheres one inside the uh, the other, and uh, uh, planet Earth was like that. I think that is where we may have uh, uh, gotten our the, the whole idea of uh, the uh, polar openings. Uh, enabling us to uh, uh, get inside of the hollow earth i don 't think that Haley envisioned you know openings anywhere on, on the crust, but I, I think he was one of the first ones to consider that the planets may not be solid you know from uh, surface to surface
0: well, there are reports uh, for example I, I believe one of the uh, the astronauts i 'm not sure if it was from Apollo eleven or subsequently um, mentioned uh that when they landed on the lunar surface it it rang like a hollow bell which would send which would tend to lend some credence to Haley's theory
2: right actually that Uh, that was a situation where NASA, after the astronauts had landed on the moon, they had uh, positioned one of the uh, uh, sections of the Saturn V rocket uh, that uh, followed the uh, lunar uh, craft uh, to the moon, and they had it actually slam into the surface of the moon, and then uh, uh, instruments, seismic instruments that they had left on the surface of the moon were to record then the seismic waves after uh, after this hits and and that's what the report was. It was like the uh the moon rang and it 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 actually i guess resonated and reverberated for quite a while afterwards, which uh and you know even still today has has left uh scientists mystified on just exactly what the moon is made of green hmm. cheese i maybe <laughs> yeah.
0: uh hollow green cheese it would say. Yes. Uh, you 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 mentioned seismic um measurements mm-hmm. and and what about from the U.S. Geological Survey. Uh, is there evidence during an earthquake or, uh, I don't know, just measurements would, would would tend to suggest, are there measurements that would tend to suggest that perhaps the Earth is hollow?
2: You know, that's, that's kind of a tricky subject because, you know, you have one group... Of uh, a geologist who, who claimed that uh, measurements taken from earthquakes, especially some of the huge ones that have occurred in South America, um, show that the uh, that the, that the planet is uh, is solid, and in fact, uh, right at the very core of the planet, it's uh, it's it's so solid as. To be somewhat of a mystery on what kind of uh, of, of metal is there, uh, but then you know you have uh, reports that um, uh, that these seismic waves actually have gone through areas that that appear to be uh, uh, almost like going through a uh, water or, or air. Uh, at At various points in the planet, so i mean it's uh it's it's really still up to judgment i mean it, 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 it's it's going to be impossible i mean no one really is going to be able to go there physically and and see for sure uh myself i tend not to believe so much in the old you know stories of uh you know like uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs' uh, Pellucidar series where actually the, the the crust is only say like 1000 miles thick and uh, and then it's completely hollow inside like an eggshell um i i tend to believe more that uh, the the earth is uh, uh crisscrossed with uh large tunnels some of them natural some of them possibly uh, uh, constructed at a uh, um, an earlier date in our history
0: well the um, that's interesting uh, because there have been a number of extinction uh, events on this earth, and uh, the Maya, and of course, have, have alluded to this with their their, their long count calendars. Uh, and one has to wonder how they may have survived some of these events, and and that would, of course, lead us to the possibility of some underground chamber have you gleaned any information from the mayans or the hopi indians or or any of these other american aboriginal uh, civilizations with regards to hollow earth theory
2: you know practically every society that has existed on this planet since recorded history um, has their creation stories that either have mankind coming from the stars or from underneath the ground sometimes both and i i can't help but think that there is some legitimacy to these stories since practically everybody talks about the same thing um you have i mean the the uh, the the old, the old celtic stories babylonian stories uh uh, uh egyptian before the rise of the uh, the, the pharaohs and uh, and and, and uh, that uh, part of uh, the egyptian society on over to uh, north and south america you have the Inuits, who claimed that uh, at one time they lived in an area that was further north than they live now and that that was a land of um, eternal sunlight the sun never set it was warm it was uh, like a paradise and for some reason they were forced to leave and uh, and then entered into the the land of uh, of, of cold and ice, and then the, you go further south, and then you have uh, the Native American traditions. Uh, one I can think of in particular was the the, the tribes that lived in the California Mount, around the Mount Shasta area. Right, and they claimed that uh, there was a you know a princess that uh, came out of the top of Mount Shasta and that uh... that her land originally uh, was uh, was underneath and that it was uh, her and then her offspring that then populated uh, uh, the world. So, it, you know, no matter where you go on this planet, you're going to run into strikingly similar stories.
0: Let's get this part of the discussion started, Tim, and then it has to do, of course, with the famous voyage of Admiral Richard Byrd over the South Pole and a lot of controversy over this supposed uh, log entry or diary. Let's begin sort of uh, with the actual voyage itself. Why was he down there, what was he looking for, and what did he claim to see?
2: Well, Admiral Byrd was in uh, the Antarctic region as part of a military uh, operation called Operation High Jump. And it was originally titled the United States Navy Antarctic Developments Program. And this was a United States Navy operation that uh, was organized by uh, Admiral Byrd. And uh, it was a huge task force of uh, a number of, uh, of of 13 ships, 33 aircraft, uh, a submarine and over 4,000 men. And it was suppo- you know it, it was classified as a scientific expedition, but we really have no idea just exactly why they were down there? I mean, you have to remember this was shortly after the end of World War II, when uh, most ships—well, um, not most, but a lot of ships in the Navy were being decommissioned. There was no reason for them any longer, and yet all of a sudden, somebody decided to uh, bring a lot of these uh, ships uh, and personnel out of mothballs and make a, uh, a quick journey uh, to Antarctica. And it—and uh, it, even today, it's—it's it's still a mystery.
0: All right. And so at at some point he's he's flying above the um, the Antarctic and we learn this from his from his, his his diary. What does he see?
2: Sure. uh, There's a manuscript that has uh, uh, been distributed for a number of years, starting sometime in the early 1960s, called The Missing Diary of Admiral Byrd. And in this, it states that uh, Admiral Byrd was in uh, uh, the the North North Polar regions, and that uh, his plane uh, with him and his navigator was accosted by uh, a flying disc, flying saucers, Uh, all of them having a a swastika emblem on them, and that they were... uh, Escorted uh, through the northern polar openings and then to a great city uh, in the hollow earth. Well, we know that uh, rather than being at the North Pole at the time, uh, Bird was actually in the Antarctic uh, region. So we're left to wonder whether or not this manuscript. And, I mean, it, it, it has some interesting details, and it makes me think that uh, possibly this may have been a disinformation
0: campaign. Before we get into whether or not it may have been a, a hoax, mm-hmm. so what did he actually uh, say happened after he, his plane was intercepted by this fly, unidentified flying object?
2: The story is very interesting because Bird, uh, in, in this diary, claimed that uh, his plane was uh Forced basically to land outside of this, uh, uh, this great city uh, uh, underground. And that after, he, he, after they landed, the, uh, the, the UFOs uh, landed nearby, and then the, uh, uh, him and his pilot were taken on board and then were flown into the city where they had a meeting with the, uh, the, the leader, you know, put this in quotation marks, of uh, the, the Hollow Earth civilization. And the interesting thing about this uh, about this story is that it rings very closely to a lot of the tales that were being told at around the same time by the UFO contactees uh like uh, uh George Damsky and Howard Menger and, right, and people right. like that who uh, uh you know talk to uh, uh very human looking UFO uh, uh, pilots. And a bird and his navigator were were told by these people that uh, they were extremely interested in um, our nuclear testing that was taking place on the surface, and that they were uh, generally concerned that uh, these atomic tests and uh, would would eventually lead to an all out uh, war on the surface of the planet and that anything that happened on the surface of the planet would uh, eventually end up affecting them as well and uh, they they warned that um, the civilization, uh, this great civilization that existed in the Hollow Earth was not going to stand by uh, twiddling their thumbs uh... waiting for mankind to destroy themselves that uh... eventually if we did not curb our warlike ways that they would uh... they would come out and intervene Mm -hmm. at first secretly uh... but then eventually that they would become uh... you know more and more uh... apparent and that they would basically take over you know i mean the uh... the the, uh... uh, political systems the uh... uh, separate uh, uh... uh national states on the planet would be eliminated and uh all of our uh, our our weapons would be uh, taken away from us right and, let me just
0: uh, just uh, back up if I could for a second hmm? tim and now when in his diary bird how does he describe entering into this i mean he didn't describe flying into a into a into a opening in the earth it seemed like it just sort of turned from uh arctic ice and all of a sudden this verdant landscape appeared before him with I think he did he talk about seeing woolly mammoths or something?
2: Yeah uh, that, that's exactly it. He, he said that uh, and this is this is extremely interesting because the uh, you know the nor- northern polar regions is I mean there's no with the exception of a few highlands. Um, it's uh, it's all water and ice. So bird describes as he as they flew further north, that um, the ice slowly began to uh disappear into open water, and then they came across uh, um, uh large areas of uh, of land and uh and and again and and it's interesting it's almost like the uh the Inuit legends that these lands were uh, covered with forest and uh, opened uh water lakes and uh, uh you know uh, uh, large animals and uh like uh, a, a woolly mammoth and uh, and creatures like like that, uh, um, you know. Speculation then is that somehow they they did fly into the you know northern uh, polar opening. But right. you're absolutely right. I okay. mean, you know, there was there was no report of that. But if you consider the the legends and stories about the, the 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 polar openings there I mean they're so large that you would, it would never become apparent that you were flying into
0: exactly a hole it in would a be camp. imperceptible it would right, be imperceptible right. so okay so back to these beings it's interesting that you know if the the UFO phenomena is actually uh, explained by these inner earth inhabitants i mean that sort of blows away i guess the uh, the fermi fermi uh, uh, paradox you know if the if the universe is teeming with life uh, where are they well they're, they're right here underfoot
2: that's it that's it exactly and uh, the late publisher uh, uh, richard palmer who uh, published amazing stories magazines uh, back in the uh, in the 1940s, and then later went on to uh, start Fate magazine, right. Flying Saucers magazine. That was his favorite theory, um, that the, the the whole UFO phenomena was not from other planets, but was from a a, a much older civilization that maybe at one time had lived on the surface of the planet, but due to some kind of cataclysm that had uh, uh, taken place millions of years ago, had moved underground and had, uh, you know, continued their, uh, I mean, they had had an amazing technology at that time, and it just, you know, has continued to advance uh, uh, since then. And uh, so... You know, I, I think that um, it's a very interesting concept, uh, c- uh, you know, considering that when there is contact between humans and, you know, the, the, the UFO occupants, that the majority of the time that these occupants are described as humanoid, which if you look at, uh, uh, you know, our present present day, you know, uh, ideas on evolution, if you had an intelligent species, uh, you know, arise on another planet, you know, light years away, what are the chances that they would actually uh, come out looking very similar to us, bipedal, two arms, two legs, two eyes?
0: Precisely. And, right. and also, uh, getting back to the whole nuclear issue, mm-hmm. why would someone living light years uh, perhaps hundreds of light years away, give a tinker's dam about a, nu- a nuclear explosion. While very serious here on Earth, that would be akin to me lighting a match, and someone on Pluto taking notice of that.
2: That's it exactly. I mean, they uh, these these humanoids always said that you know the the, the hydrogen you know, atomic and hydrogen test uh would would have a reverberating effect throughout the uh the, the solar system and galaxy and I the universe. never bought that. I never yeah, bought that. And, well you know and and, and you are absolutely correct. I mean that doesn't make sense considering I mean, you know, you have you have stars exploding in the supernovas and uh you know, black holes sucking whole galaxies into them. Why would atomic uh, uh, blast on a little planet, you know, on the back, you know, backwoods edge of the galaxy mean anything. So I think that it's very reasonable to think that uh, the, the, the people, you know, at least at least for some of these accounts, you know, I, I'm not going to go and discount that and say that all UFOs uh, are are from, you know, uh, inside the earth or, you know, or, or you know, someplace Someplace on this planet. They they could very well, you know, uh, some of them very well could be from other planets. But I do think that uh, uh, due to this interest in uh, humans' warlike ways, that uh, they're concerned because it's going to affect them as well.
0: Well, it also explains, uh, well, for for example, here in Canada, one of our most celebrated UFO incidents, you might even call it our Roswell, was the Shag Harbor mm-hmm. UFO incident of 1967 off of um, the coast of Nova Scotia. And uh, this is one of... Those cases is, that is actually documented uh, by government officials, the RCMP and, uh, and others uh, got involved, and uh, eyewitness accounts see this craft uh, entering into the uh, the frigid waters of the the North Atlantic uh, and then disappearing. And and we're hearing a lot more of these types of uh, accounts off the coast of California, for example. Um, so perhaps that points to some sort of uh, under ocean uh, entrance to this to the inner realm.
2: Well, and supposedly uh during operation high jump uh, uh when they were down in antarctica there were numerous reports of ufos being seen um entering and exiting the frigid waters uh, surrounding the uh, the convoys of ships uh as well as being you know seen flying around in the air as well so i mean it's uh, i i think it is certainly uh, a, a, a point of interest, well, you know, when it uh, comes to UFOs uh, being seen coming in and out of water, uh, appearing and disappearing into the sides of mountains and uh, and and other remote locations.
0: Uh, Tim Swartz is with us. He is an Emmy award-winning TV producer. How did you get in, interested in in the Hollow Earth?
2: You know, one of the first books that I ever bought uh was a uh, a book written by Timothy Green Beckley um, called the, the let see what was it the the shaver mystery and other inner earth stories I think is what it was called and it was it was published by uh, the late uh, gray Barker and somehow I had gotten hold of one of his catalogs and I and, and I bought this book and it was just I mean it was just it just Fascinated me. I mean, I was well familiar at that time with the whole idea that you know UFOs could be uh, extraterrestrial, but now here was another story. Here was another possibility that UFOs could actually be coming from uh, from the inner Earth, and uh, it just that was just a concept that just uh, uh, seized me, and I I haven't been able to shake it ever since.
0: So, so is it is it more of a kind of an interesting yarn to be told, a curiosity, or have You, through your years of research, come to accept that there's a great deal of credence uh, to this, not only that the Earth is hollow, but the denizens of the inner realms are these various race of, of humanoids.
2: You know I I think that there is I think it's more than just uh, an interesting yarn. Uh you know at at one time before I really got into uh uh doing extensive research on the subject I had kind of come to the belief that yeah you know this this probably is just you know just just a yarn just stories uh, but once i started uh really doing the research into that uh started looking into the old myths and legends uh, uh about the inner earth and then you know up until uh, you know modern times uh how this story has never really gone away it it, it has persisted uh, with us right up you know into this technological era you know I mean we're at a time where we understand more about our universe uh, than than we ever have before yet stories like the inner earth and the possibility that there, there there could be intelligent life living beneath our feet remain with us and so I I think that there is more to it than a lot of the skeptics would uh, would like us to believe
0: um, originally, it was um, uh, we're, we're coming up on a break, but we'll, we'll continue that with this after. Uh, but uh, it was Steve Curry's expedition, um, this voyage to the Hollow Earth. They were going to lease this uh, Russian nuclear icebreaker and, and find this passage to the inner Earth. And I believe Steve Curry passed away. And I'm gosh darn, I can't believe I'm forgetting this gentleman's name. I interviewed him for my TV show. I've had him on the radio. And Brooks Agnew, thank you. We'll take a time out. I want to get your your take on what Brooks Agnew's uh, attempting to do or attempted to do, again, and take some scientists and filmmakers in search of an opening in the North Pole. We'll continue our conversation with Tim R. Swartz, Emmy Award-winning TV producer, as we continue to discuss The Hollow Earth. Don't go away. Colleen Forges is the manager at the Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary and she joins us once again. Hey Colleen, how are you?
1: Wonderful Richard, how are you?
0: Terrific, thank you. A lot of people this time of year come down with nasty colds. What do we have for them at the Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary? A product I want to recommend, this is called Cold Crush. There's a product for children and there's one for adults. And the company name is Genexa, G-E-N-E-X-A. I would highly recommend having this on hand. Whenever you start to feel the symptoms of a cold, a little bit of chest congestion or runny nose, sneezing or cough, sore throat, start taking this. It's a homeopathic remedy. And like I said, there's one designed for children and one designed for adults. Something good to have on hand. Right, and the idea is you only take it as soon as you feel the cold coming on right it's not it's not a preventative that's right. It's the first symptoms you start to notice, that's the time to start taking them. Cold Crush, available at strangeplanet.ca. Just click on the full script dispensary. Don't forget, subscribers receive a 10% discount on all products and free delivery on all orders over $50. We'll talk again soon, Colleen. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thanks, Richard.
0: These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider.
1: As you're staring up at the night sky, ever wonder who's staring back? No, me either. But I guess you better say it because of Richard, you know, he's all wrapped up in this stuff. (laughs) Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
0: Tim Swartz, the author of Admiral Byrd's Secret Journey Beyond the Poles, is here. Uh, Tim, uh, give us a, a website where we can find out more about you.
2: Yes, uh, my website is conspiracyjournal.com exactly how it sounds, conspiracyjournal.com. You can find everything uh, uh, that uh, I've written about and uh, uh, just probably a little uh, something for everybody.
0: Conspiracyjournal.com. All right, we were talking about uh, Brooks Agnew Mm -hmm. uh, before the break, and I went down to Mississippi and interviewed him for the TV show, and he's an interesting fellow. I've sort of lost track. The last I heard, again, they were going to try and lease this icebreaker, I think out of Minsk. Belarus and mm-hmm. in, in search of the inner uh, opening up in the North Pole and I know that there was a huge fundraising campaign to go along with that they wanted volunteers they wanted reputable scientists and filmmakers and so forth uh, first of all do you have any updates do you know where that where that uh, expedition is at
2: well it's uh, uh, it's it's it hasn't happened yet.
1: <laughs> All right,
2: it's uh, it's it's still in the process of uh, of, of you know trying to raise you know uh, raise sufficient funds. Uh, Agnes actually has invested more than I guess like forty thousand dollars of his own personal money really um, into the venture. Yes, and uh, uh, the you know. It, Unfortunately, there is uh, you know only a limited amount of time that they are actually able to do this, and plus they have to uh, rent this uh, this icebreaker, which is the only uh, uh, nuclear-powered uh, icebreaker you know on the planets. So I mean it's 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 not like you know you can pick and choose which one that uh, that, that you're going to get. You know it's uh, it's it's a daunting task. You know, to 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 try to uh, put something like this together, and uh, you know the 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 person that you had mentioned uh, uh, before our last Steve break, Steve Curry, yeah, yeah, right, right. I mean, he uh, he had gotten quite a ways long before he uh, unfortunately passed away, and then uh, um, everything kind of fell into uh, into Brooks' lap, you know, to try to continue the project, and uh, you know, I don't know if. Um, if he'll ever be able to uh to make this happen happen you know because I mean not only is there monetary issues but there are the uh, you know the 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 skeptics who uh you know just uh, trying to get uh, you know scientists on board and uh, uh, film crews i mean i know that there are people who would uh, who would love to do this but uh, not everybody has the uh, sufficient amount of money to uh, to invest in a uh, no. an operation that certainly. may or may not accomplish anything
0: certainly not and what are the claims again from the skeptics uh look this is all easily uh, dispelled just look at any satellite photo uh, of that region of the earth, and you'll see quite clearly that there's no opening there, and then others have countered well, but you'll notice that most of the time they're obfuscated by, uh, obscured by cloud cover, and, or it's easily, you know, photoshopped, uh, w- w- weigh in on that argument, if you would.
2: Well, once again, like I said, you know, I, I'm not totally convinced that uh, you know, on the reality of the polar openings, for just some of the reasons that uh, uh, that, that you have listed. I mean, if if you, if there are such openings in the, the north and uh, south polar regions, then I would you know, and, and most people would agree. You would think that uh, um, uh, they would have been these pictures pictures of these. Uh, 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 of these areas would have been released a long time ago. However, uh, especially the North Pole is almost constantly uh, covered in clouds. Uh, Antarctica, on the other hand, a large majority of the times, I mean, you're able to get some very clear shots. There have been, though, uh, especially with uh, the Antarctic region, there has been some very interesting pictures that have been taken uh, by satellites that seem to show some kind of, uh, of opening in the crust. Oh, really? Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, but it's not like, uh, um, it, 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 you know, we're not talking about, say, like something that's, you know, like a thousand miles. Uh, uh, wide, it's uh, I, I can't remember like uh, uh, what the diameter is supposed to be, and it seems to be a little bit more uh, a roughly shaped, you know, like maybe partially uh, covered with ice. But the one picture I'm thinking of in particular, see, it seems to almost show uh, like a uh, an, an aurora type of effect. Uh, coming out of it. All right,
0: uh, so Tim, we're going to circle back to Admiral Byrd, dialing it back to 1947. So is, he's debriefed in Washington. Is that true, after after he claims he entered into this opening in the Antarctic and met with the occupants of the Inner Earth?
2: <laughs> well, you know, the interesting, uh, the interesting thing uh, about this is that uh, after... Um Operation High Jump, which was supposed to last the uh, the majority of the uh, um, the southern summer, they suddenly pulled up in about six weeks' time and came back. Admiral Byrd told a uh, a newspaper crew that was embedded in this operation, the, uh, uh, the newspaper was the uh, El Mercurio uh, from Chile, and he basically told them that it was his concern that um, the United States could be vulnerable to attack from aircraft that could uh, 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 travel um, over the polar regions, um, and we would have no defense against them. Uh, when he came back, he had a uh, a secret briefing with uh, both a uh, a, a, a congressional led scientific committee and then uh, a congress imse- Congress themselves, where he basically uh, reportedly now uh, these uh, uh, these documents have never been officially uh, released, which is extremely unusual. Uh, but uh, supposedly uh, he he said the same thing that uh, the United States uh, um, um, risked being attacked by aircraft uh, uh, coming over the North and South uh, of Pole and uh, what's especially interesting is that uh, the late uh, James Forrestal, mm-hmm. who yes. was the, uh, the, the uh, uh, mm-hmm. member me exactly, like Secretary of Defense at right. the time, yes. shortly thereafter uh, went insane and was running down the halls of the Pentagon uh, shouting that we were going to be attacked and that there was nothing that anybody could do about it And then shortly thereafter, after he had been uh, institutionalized, he committed suicide. Right,
0: or suicided.
2: (laughs) Right, right. And I also, I I don't think that it's a coincidence that just a few months later, in um, July of 1947, we had what uh, supposedly was the crash of a UFO at Roswell, New Mexico. Uh-huh. The only place in the country that um, had uh, atomic weapons,
0: right that at the, the Roswell the Army Airfield. Right,
2: right, right. The only place in the country that could deliver atomic aircraft. Uh, so, uh,
0: is is it is this the the idea here then that Bird was not warning about uh, the vulnerability uh, from? are cold war enemies Uh, he was actually talking about an attack from uh, somewhere inside the inner earth with advanced weaponry
2: you know it's it's very interesting because you have possibly two stories that have intertwined themselves Uh, one story has it that Admiral Byrd actually had uh, had gone to uh, the Antarctic region with operation high jump in order to route out a secret nazi base mm. that had been established uh, um, at the end of world war 2 where um, 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 highly secret uh, uh, super technology uh, you know uh, uh, like the dirk and the, the bell, right. and, uh, the uh, bell uh, right? and and uh, possibly um, you know um, exotic Disc-shaped uh, craft that we know that the Nazis were working on uh, at, at the time. There was also a, the consideration that uh, the Nazis had uh, basically gone into collusion, you know, with these uh, these beings that have uh, that, that live in in the Hollow Earth. Now that that part of the story may be you know a little bit more fantastic, but we do know that uh, Hitler was extremely interested in uh, trying to discover this underground society i mean he had commissioned uh, several expeditions to uh, tibet and nepal to uh, to look for uh, uh, shambhala and Agatha that uh, supposedly were you know underground uh, kingdoms that right right you know that well you know hitler felt that uh, they were the root race of the the whole aryan uh, nation that uh, that they believed in so um well, that's
0: interesting, interesting because weren't the um, I mean the Nazi the Nazis were occultists? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. People may try to make the claim that they were Christians. That look, they put crosses on their tanks. No, they were occultists. Right, uh, and a lot of that was sort of tied up into wasn't it the, the Theosophists and Madame Blavatsky, and and there's interesting tie-ins with Blavatsky and the whole UFO phenomena.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. I mean the, uh, you know, the early uh, 20, well, late nineteenth century, early twentieth century. Uh, I mean there were all kinds of uh, uh, of secret occult societies that had uh, sprung up in, uh, you know, Europe and the, and the United States. Uh Bulbosky was uh, was one of these groups. Um, there was also the uh, the, the Tool Society, uh, which uh, was entrenched in uh, in Germany and was kind of taken over. Uh, uh by the by the nazis and you know the tool society claimed that they had uh, received uh like uh, um um channeled information coming from uh, uh beings from another planet and that they were given uh, basically instructions on how to build exotic uh, dish-shaped uh, technology. It, it, it Actually, it, it came out later that uh, there were members of the Tool Society who believed that, this, that these communications weren't coming from an extraterrestrial source, but were coming from uh, beings that lived within the hollow Earth.
0: Well, Tim, you've okay. certainly confirmed one thing, and that is that the Nazis were nothing but a bunch of tools. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's correct. <laughs> conf-
0: yes, suspicions confirmed. Uh, uh, so, um well, I mean, how much of that do you do you subscribe to? I mean, if if it's true that Byrd encountered Admiral Byrd encountered this race uh in 47, and if there is a potential tie-in with Roswell, then it's also conceivable, I suppose, and I've I've talked to Richard, or, uh, to uh, Joseph Farrell uh, uh, at length about uh, uh, the Nazis and their their secret technology. Um, I mean, the, the things do start to line up. I mean, the you know the dots start to connect here. Well, is there any credence do you think to the, uh, the the Nazis in in being in contact with this this race?
2: We have some interesting stories that have come about with the uh, saying that the Nazis actually did come across, say, like their own version of Roswell uh, in the late 1930s. Uh, there was one, I think, I suppose that, that, that crashed in Poland uh, that, that, that the Nazis uh, got a hold of. So it, uh, it makes you wonder whether or not, w- if, if this is true, if this was the case, that once they got a hold of this craft, they quickly discovered that they weren't dealing with an extraterrestrial aircraft, that they were dealing with something that uh, that came a lot closer and that uh, uh, then uh, some kind of communication was established. Um, now, you know, going back around again to uh, Admiral Byrd and his uh, Operation High Jump, uh, I there there 's been a lot of stories that have come out that Operation Hijab, you know ended early because they were attacked by Nazi flying saucers you know and, mm-hmm. and basically driven back to the United States um, i I wondered though whether or not they went down there uh, you know seeking this base and found either an abandoned base or nothing at all and and came back because i think that a lot of the actual operations that were going on were in argentina yes and that uh uh uh, they they you know the operation high jump was basically you know set down there on uh, a, a false uh you know under a false pretense uh once again to um, to hide this exotic technology and possibly to hide the fact that there was some kind of collusion taking place with an underground civilization and uh, and Nazi Germany. Now, take this then a step further, and after then the crash at Roswell, that then the United States became embroiled in all of this. Uh, Unfortunately, Being first told if there if these crashed exotic aircraft did have survivors, being told at first that yeah we're you know we're we're from Zeta Reticuli or Mars or Venus or whatever, and then only to find out later that it wasn't true that they were dealing with beings that came from right here on planet Earth with us
0: right or in if it was in fact uh, advanced uh, aircraft developed by the Nazis, I mean mm-hmm. how do you explain to the American public that the the United States was under surveillance or attack uh, by a regime you supposedly uh, defeated uh, two two and a half three years earlier
2: <laughs> exactly well, you know the, uh, the the first concern by the uh, the, uh, the military and the government after whatever it was that crashed at Roswell had nothing to do it nobody ever mentioned extraterrestrials the first things that were written about in secret communications was that they feared that this was nazi based technology mm,
0: interesting
2: yeah and i so and and uh, um you know the 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 writer walter bosley has uh, has written about his own father's experience and saying that uh, whatever it was that crashed at Roswell was an aircraft from an underground civilization that lived uh, fairly close by to, uh, to that location. Uh,
0: just a couple of minutes left here. But uh, the, uh, the occupants of the, this, this race of beings, and we're talking about more than one. You've mentioned mm-hmm. giants. You've mentioned uh, descendants of the Atlanteans. And you've mentioned another uh, group. Is it Dero, D-E-R-O?
2: Right, Richard Shaver's Dero.
0: Yes. Well, I'll just run through very quickly who these groups are.
2: Well, we'll start with Richard Shaver's Dero. You know, Richard Shaver was a, a gentleman who uh, wrote uh, stories for Amazing Stories magazine back in the 1940s. And, uh, you know, he said that uh, he had received uh, mental communications uh, from these beings that they had belonged to a, a race of extraterrestrials that had landed on and, and lived on, on Earth uh, several millions of years ago, and then at one point our sun turned radioactive and they couldn't live under that, those conditions, so the majority of them uh, got back into their spaceships and left. Those that remained behind uh, moved underground. They either built their own tunnels or used uh, uh, cavern systems that already began there, And uh, but unfortunately they still couldn't quite escape uh the, the the detrimental effects uh from the sun, and as time went by, they basically you know mutated and you know just d- turned into not very nice uh, uh, uh um, creatures, but they still had access to this fantastic uh, technology, and uh shaver says that the dero were responsible for you know like a lot of the bad things that happened to us you know, on the surface of the planet, you know, with uh, the, these creatures torturing us with this uh, this technology. It's kind of like a modernized version of uh, the, you know, angels and demons uh, uh, type of scenario.
0: Tim, I enjoyed this conversation immensely and uh, look forward to speaking with you again.
2: Well, thank you very much, Richard. I had a great time tonight and I hope your audience enjoyed it as well.
0: Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back on the other side to share a few details about an upcoming episode. C60 EVO's miracle molecule ESS60 makes a great gift for conscious people and their pets. Why not give the gift of radiant health to everyone on your list this Christmas? ESS60, the powerful antioxidant, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory in a bottle. ESS60 is the purest form of C60 available anywhere from C60 EVO. Benefits include increased strength, flexibility, immunity, and better sleep. Check out the great gift sets now available at special holiday discount prices. C60EVO.com slash Richard hyphen C60EVO.com slash Richard hyphen Take 15% off your order with the coupon code JOLLY15RS. That's JOLLY15RS. Coming up next time, the life and times and mysterious death of assassination researcher May Brussel.
2: Primarily, she concentrated on Mark David Chapman. And if you you take a look at the trial, you find there are four psychiatrists who interviewed uh, Mark David Chapman, and they all came away with the judgment that he was pretty much crazy. But if you look into the bona fides of those four psychiatrists, you find that they're all on the CIA payroll. So it's facts like this that she put together and came to the conclusion that he had been murdered by the CIA, which is pretty hard to avoid once you have all the essential facts.
0: Until then, I'm Richard Sarek. So long for now.